0: We're all about the University of South Florida, but we also want to keep you informed on the Bulls' conference opponents. That's why three times a week we go Around the American. With today's show, here's Derek Sharp. And not only baseball and softball, but golf and tennis and some women's basketball news. So a lot to cover on the program here. In fact, we'll start off with the... Two new coaches who have been named on the women's basketball side. It was more than just a little bit intriguing after Memphis lost to Bowling Green in the WNIT. Remember, at the end of that game, there was a shoving match and could have been some controversy. And the very next day, Katrina Merriweather, the Memphis coach, is gone. Well, I don't think those two were related because she went to her alma mater. She is the new coach at Cincinnati. But an opening, nonetheless, for Memphis, and about two weeks later, it has been filled by Alex Simmons. She is from Tennessee, part of two national championship teams under Hall of Fame head coach Pat Summit back in 2007 and 2008 as a player. Then she ended up a graduate assistant at Kansas, then assistant coach starting off at Middle Tennessee State, and then Ole Miss from 2013 through 2018 that got her Her first head coaching job at Gardner-Webb back in the 2018 season. Gardner-Webb was very good this year, won the Big South Championship, did not lose a game in conference play. And now she is the new head basketball coach at Memphis. Just yesterday, Wichita State has named a replacement for Keitha Adams. If you missed that, Keitha, who we really liked and enjoyed, except for when her team was beating the Bulls in the conference tournament this year, is back to the program that she got to the NCAA tournament a few times. That would be UTEP. So needing to fill those shoes, Wichita State has gone with Terry Nooner. He was the associate head coach at Kansas, which last year won the WNIT, which two seasons ago had its first 20-win season since 2010-11. He has also been an assistant at places like Texas, Maryland, Alabama. Actually spent the 2018-19 year With the cleveland cavaliers as a player development coach he actually played for the jayhawks in the late 90s and is now the new head women's basketball coach at wichita state we talked about the one ongoing conference tournament that would be women's golf on bulls beat obviously we'll continue to cover it there from a bulls perspective and we certainly covered from a bulls perspective women's tennis and how namely if usf gets to the semis would be able to officially end ucf season well, if that wonderful narrative plays out, that does not assure that the Bulls are going to the big tournament because, if you haven't noticed, SMU is on a roll. The Mustangs, even before taking down UCF over the weekend, played on Friday at home against San Diego. That's a San Diego team that's ranked 25th in the country and is definitely NCAA bound. And SMU shut them out. The Three doubles sets were convincing, 6-2, six, 6-3, six, and the other one was 5-2 favor of the Mustangs. Hadley Doyle, who's the highest-ranked SMU player, the number one player, wins her match, 6-love, six, 6-2. Six, Taylor Johnson at the two-court wins 6-love, six, 6-3. Six, now, I did double-check the top San Diego player, Solmere Colling did not play in this match, but still, there should not be that much of a disparity With the 25th-ranked team in the country and SMU, which was 47th at the time but has since moved to the top 40, even one player removed on the rankings for that much of a lopsided result. And, of course, just to bring it home, or actually in this case bring it to the courts at UCF on Sunday is when SMU, against the full Knights lineup, got the win. And, oh, by the way, UCF's top player, who's 32nd in the country, Marie Mattel, lost to Doyle in three sets now that was a tight match it was 4-2 but SMU gets the win and of course both of those teams are imagining that they'll rematch in the conference championship but just to give you the full roundup it all begins tomorrow again this is at the USTA National Campus in Orlando it's the number eight seed Tulane against the number nine seed Temple Temple has the best record at 16 and four but didn't play a strong schedule so they're playing in the nine seed Memphis, the team that just beat the Bulls, and incidentally yesterday over in Orlando in a match that I'm sure they weren't too pleased got delayed many hours by rain as they are going from a Monday morning to a Monday night and having to play again Wednesday morning. Memphis lost to Tulsa, but they should be able to get past bottom seed Cincinnati. And then the noon start on Wednesday is the 7-10 matchup. Houston versus East Carolina. So the quarterfinals are on Thursday. The top seed SMU will play at 9 against the Temple Tulane winner. The preset 4 versus 5 matchup, both teams above 500, Tulsa and Wichita. Those rifles in many sports square off in Orlando at 9. The Bulls will play their quarter at noon, likely against Memphis on Thursday. And UCF gets the ECU Houston winner Thursday at noon. The semifinals are Friday afternoon at 3, and then the championship match not until Sunday at 4 o'clock. So teams get an extra day and part of that is of course the men's bracket unfolding at the same locale just later in the week we'll get you more details on that on tomorrow's hour ending version of around the american and by the way there were a couple other very interesting late regular season non-conference matchups because well they will be future conference matchups as charlotte went to tulsa and charlotte's pretty good blank the golden hurricane that was on friday 49ers are 20 and 5 and headed to the ncaa tournament And Houston beat its rival. Of course, not future conference (laughs) opponent for the Cougars, but for us, that would be Rice. And Rice is pretty solid, 4-2. Houston won that one. And also on Saturday, Wichita State took down Creighton, 4-1. That's their traditional Old Missouri Valley Conference rival. And you look at the Big East as I glance around, and by the way, they have no one in the top 100 that conference. So this year, the American on paper is only going to get two teams in the tournament, but May only indeed get one. That would be if SMU wins and it's against somebody not named UCF. As we told you on Bullsbeat, UCF must make the finals to be at-large eligible. On the men's side, where four teams made it last year, this year it's only looking like two unless somebody not named Memphis or Tulane wins the whole thing. Outside chance for UCF if it gets to the final and loses to become a third team getting in. So there's going to be a lot of drama on both fronts, especially on that men's side where it seems like it's pretty wide open. There was some drama last weekend in softball as the presumptive runaway champion, which is still going to be the champion, Wichita State, got a serious challenge from Houston, got pushed to extra innings once, and got shut out the other time. The Shockers still take the series. But Houston's certainly serving notice that it is not going to be a pushover when it comes to, well, ultimately the conference tournament which again the Bulls are hosting. So how close did Houston come to winning a series in Wichita? They lost in extra innings by one. They were ahead going into the sixth inning and lost. And then they won 4 nothing. They actually outscored the Shockers and kept them to eight or fewer runs. And two of those eight runs in the opener were in extra innings as it was 5 nothing Wichita State on a five spot in the third. Cougars had it tied by the middle of the fifth. Teams exchanged runs. We go to the 10th. Houston takes the lead on a Katie Ray Brown home run. Wichita State answers back on a RBI double by Laney Brown, who only had one hit and is really not one of their big-time sluggers. And then Wichita State wins it with a run in the bottom of the 11th inning. They did not have the pitch totals in this game, and I'm guessing that might have been intentional on Houston's part. I am going to guess that Kenna Wilkie threw around 150 pitches or more. In a Herculean effort, she went the distance and lost to Wichita State. So that happens to Houston. In the next game, they are down 3-1, to one, take the lead with three runs in the fourth inning, a two-RBI double by their leadoff hitter, Bree Cantu, puts them ahead, only to have the Shockers, again, sort of one of their unsung players, Bailey Urban, a pinch hit, two-run single for 5-4, to four, and the Shockers win that game at this point they've won in 11 innings they've come back to win in regulation as it were wichita's thinking oh we've got the sweep and houston's kenna wilkie shuts them out yes the wind was blowing in but still for nothing houston absolutely deserved a win from the weekend so with wichita state still very much in command in the conference is 10 and 2 and then you have the Bulls, the Knights, and Houston all at 6-3. UCF dominated Tulsa except for one half inning. Knights won the first game 8-1, to one, won the finale 13-1, and was leading 4-2 until Tulsa stunned them in the bottom of the seventh. So Tulsa sort of sticking around and perhaps down the road, giving the Knights a loss that maybe could help out the Bulls in a tiebreaker situation. Time, as they say, will tell on that. The Tulsa. Bottom two teams in the conference basically playing for seeding, at least for now, at Greenville. East Carolina wins both of the first two games by four to two counts before the Tigers get them in the finale, six to three. Got some midweek action. You know, the Bulls are playing two against the Florida Gators, East Carolina. Tomorrow goes up against NC Central. Memphis goes to Mississippi State, while Wichita State, which has a win against number two Oklahoma State. Well, the Cowgirls will be out for revenge in Stillwater. That'll be one to watch, and then Friday we'll preview the weekend's series in conference play. We mentioned that Vivian Pond, it would have been maybe a stretch to get player of the week, having only performed in one day who actually got the honors. couple UCF nights, player of the week was Shannon Doherty. Let's see, she drove in nine runs, scored six, had three homers. Yeah, that's probably good enough. Two homers, six RBI in the 13-1 series clinching victory, and their pitcher, Sarah Willis, despite having that rally come up against her in the seventh inning, still got two wins. They also had a midweek victory against FIU where she got the shutout that secured her those honors. We mentioned Cantu from Houston, multiple hits in all three games against Wichita State. Wilkie definitely from Houston on the honor roll. Lauren Lucas from Wichita State, she had four RBI in one game. And we mentioned Vivian Pond, failed to mention, and this is my fault because we were so focused on Pond, but Gabby Norrie also made the weekly honor roll for her complete game shutout against the Stetson Hatters we are definitely not underselling what Norrie has meant to the Bulls softball squad East Carolina pulls off a sweep in baseball first conference sweep for anybody this year doing so against Cincinnati so it's East Carolina at seven and two 28 and eight overall you know they're 24 and two at home Houston is in second place after the series victory against the Bulls, and then USF and Wichita are tied for third. After that, it is Tulane at four and five, and then three teams at three and six, being UCF, Memphis, and Cincinnati. Wichita got into that tie by winning a series in New Orleans, and it was a wild doubleheader on Friday. Tulane gets five in the second, nine strikeouts from Dylan Carmouche, and holds on to win nine to seven, as the Shockers had a two-run double, and... The tying run at the plate before that one ended. And then turned around in the next game. Fell behind 4-1 to one after one inning. Put up a 5 spot itself in the 4th. And then held on as Tulane rallied from down 10-7 almost. 10-9 was that score. Two homers by Chuck Ingram among Wichita's 4. And Tulane had 4 homers itself. So tight doubleheader. And then the finale on Sunday saw Wichita State prevail 7-4 to with a 3 spot in the top of the 8th. East Carolina had no issues with Cincinnati at home. 9-4, to a relatively close game on Friday. They popped it open with a three-run homer in the eighth by Josh Moylan. Other two games were not close. 10 nothing and 13-3, to so two run rule victories for East Carolina. Yeah, they lost their first series to Houston, but yeah, they're the best team in the conference. And UCF grabs a series victory against Memphis after getting held down 3-1 to in the middle game. And being down going into the bottom of the 8th on Sunday, they popped for 3 runs. Got 17 strikeouts from a trio of pitchers in an 8-6 win. UCF is playing Stetson tonight. We'll talk more about the Knights as we get to the Warren I-4 Part 2 this weekend. Player who the Bulls caught plenty of from Houston was the player of the week that Zach Arnold... Let's see, 10 for 15 with 8 runs and 8 RBI and has a 32-game streak as far as reaching base. In that 16-10 win... Arnold went four for four with four runs. Pitcher of the week, East Carolina's Carter Spivey through the complete game, seven inning shutout. On a roll, we talked about Bobby Bozer and Jack Siebert. Mentioned Wichita's Ingram. He was 5'56. He had 10 hits for the week with eight runs and six extra base hits. UCF's Andrew Sundin, he had three homers. So you see, Drew Brutcher with three homers had company, actually. And then Josh Moylan, you had to have a Pirates hitter in there. He was their top hitter. Went seven for 15. and Oh, yes, three homers and nine RBI. So we were talking on Bulls Beat about should have been three bulls on the honors, but there wasn't enough room. Turns out there were other guys that hit three homers as well. That'll wrap up Around the American. I'm Derek Sharp.